You gonna do any warm up vocals or are you ready? <laughs> me, me, me. <laughs> Wait, if you do it, I gotta snap it. I am here. <laughs> you don't have to worry. Oh, they might be on the phone. <laughs> I can see oh God, you? your tears. You don't have to worry. I, I, yeah. What's the phrase that you hear every day? Hey, phrase. What's the phrase that you hear every day? Hey, phrase. What's the phrase that you hear every day? Hey, phrase. What's the phrase that you hear? Tune in, yeah, you gotta tune in. Sarah Frazier on the mic, and she about to begin. This the best podcast in all of the land. Take it from me, you should be listening. Not from the nation's cat, pop culture at its best. No need a second guess, separated from the rest. Entertaining nonetheless, many topics to address. Sarah, she's a glamorous, the number one hostess. Mm-mm. Mm. That sounded good. <laughs> Hi, Paul Wharton. Hi, Sarah Frazier. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> oh, my God. Welcome back to the Hey Frazier podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Sarah Frazier, along with the fabulous Paul Wharton. <laughs> Hello. Uh, how's it going? Hey, girl. I feel great today. You do? Yeah, you look I great. I feel great. Well, why? Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure you feel great most days, but why feeling extra today? Well, the weather's beautiful. I, oh, I finally know. just about finished my book. Thank <gasps> the freaking Lord. <laughs> You know, my publisher, Quiet as Kept, was going to push me to January, a January release. You know, my book comes out in September. Oh, okay. So they were going to—they were talking about pushing it back. Well, because I was late, so they well, wanted their advance this. back. That wasn't going to happen. <laughs> like I wasn't going to give the money back. And you know, so the other alternative was just push me back. So I just—I just got down to it, and I made it happen. And so now I still have to work on illustrations and. Um, and images for the book, but for the most part, the book is done. Oh, my God. Thank God. That's amazing. Do you believe I'm going to be in oh. bookstores? What the I God? do believe it. Yeah. You're be like a big deal. God. I can't believe I'm going to go into the... Have you ever done that before? I'm having such a yeah. Carrie Bradshaw moment. <laughs> We're in shock that you... Yeah, you haven't been there before. Oh I mean, you're amazing. So I'm excited about that. So celebrate. <laughs> Good times. Uh. You are in a fabulous mood. I love yeah. it. Well, um, we have a ton of things to talk about. I need a recap of your week. Okay. What, what's been going on? Um, I'm having extreme baby fever, which I know you were asking me about, and I will tell you all about it. Mm -hmm. I really, I don't know. I want to know if your girlfriends have ever, like, wanted to have a kid. Or actually, okay. do you have a biological clock that's ticking? I don't know if we've really seriously talked to you about, do you want to have a kid? Um, do you want to be a dad? Oh. I would entertain it. There's so many other things kind of like on the list to uh, do before that. Yeah, no, I hear ya. You know, I hear ya. But you uh, did I, see Sex in the City, of course, when she had Catch 38 was the episode title. What was that one? She was dating Alexander Petrovsky. He had a kid that was grown. Yes. And then she was 38, of course, and it was called Catch 38 because she's like, well, I mean, I can't just be dating you like without knowing where this is going because, you know, I'm 38 and, you know, I might want to have a baby. Oh, good point. Yeah. Oh, my God. So you're God. not quite 38. I'm not quite 38, yeah. but I do. I don't know. I'm having this overwhelming baby fever. Okay. So well, we we'll can, talk about it. So we can discuss that. Okay. Um, also, we have some great pop culture stories to talk about. Yes. The Huma Abedin Ooh, thing. Oh, I want to talk about that. I feel like you probably... Have you ever met her? 
Uh, you know, I probably have, to be honest with you. I, I just feel like can't yeah. quite remember a moment that we've had, but I'm sure that I, I probably have in passing. I know. I feel like you probably know all that story. Uh, so we'll discuss that. I also want to talk about Tom Brady. Everybody was uh, giving me a hard time. You know, I'm a New England Patriots fan, so I definitely think Tom Brady will be playing until he's nearly 50 years old. Okay. I'm just saying. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll discuss that. And then I am obsessed with, here's the other person I want to know if you know anything about. I am obsessed with this Juan Dixon story. Yeah. Who. Um, I saw it. I saw the, the piece on Real Sports. You did? Can you believe that? I cannot believe you were I watching Real it. Sports. I, I love sure it. I sure was. Well, we'll discuss that because, I, I, and I also don't even know, is he still married to Robin Dixon, who's on now, the Real Housewives? Robin Dixon and Juan are still cohabitating, and they have an interesting relationship. So I think it could change at any moment, but they're not actually married, but they still live as a couple. Okay, okay, so that's the deal. All right, I never know what to refer to. Or they're separated, and they're divorced, and then final, but they still live as a couple, something like that. Oh, okay. All right. One of those. So I have yeah. to talk about that because I want to know too. That to me was the ultimate like dilemma question. Yeah. What you would do after we talk about that story. Yeah. Um, so tell me this. Get us caught up. What was going on? What's been going on in your week? How's life been? Um, people, by the way, were <laughs> overwhelmed. I actually have to read and I've been meaning to read this, um, this little email that we got. Okay. But people were overwhelmingly moved by your story of your Irish friend yes. that essentially, you know, had an incident now was in a coma for a period of time came out of the coma but really his life has been completely changed yeah he can't really do anything except eat he can't speak he can't really you know do anything oh my god so he's still in the hospital you got an incredible reaction about that were you surprised well it was a surprising share because i didn't anticipate sharing it because you know like i told you on during that podcast my work in my life has been about selling the good times. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I know. Like, it's, it's the happy Paul because who wants to hear about all that other stuff? You know, I can save that up and, you know, talk to my friends over cocktails or cry to myself or whatever. So it was a surprising share. I wasn't anticipating sharing that. But in that moment, um, I felt like I just wanted to be honest and share that. I mean, I feel like everybody is now so invested with you on that. Like, do you have any, I know you had to get yourself healthy and in a good place and you've been like really busy. Yeah. Do you have any time frame when you think you're going to go over and visit him? Yeah, I think I'll probably go, Sarah, definitely within the next probably four to six weeks. I don't really? Think any longer than that. Um, I have a lot of guilt over having not gone to this point. Oh, a lot can't. of guilt. I think about it every day. No. But but like I said, and I was really being honest about that, is I just I felt like physically and emotionally it would be such a huge setback for me. Yeah. That I wanted to make sure that I was strong enough to just go through those motions and come back and still move forward with everything I needed to do. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Well, we're going to be following along yeah. on that journey. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh my <laughs> so, God. Yeah. I'm going to count it all joy. He and I have had the best times. Let me tell you something. Like it was not sad times. It was good times. And, and the funny thing about him is, is um, I remember him living in my apartment in New York and I lived and this fabulous brownstone in Harlem. <laughs> I loved it. And we were like on the parlor floor, and my bedroom was on the parlor floor, and it was gorgeous and high ceilings. And uh, one of the, <laughs> we had been out drinking, but we had gone out that night, and he wasn't done. And so he stayed, and then I went somewhere else to meet another friend, and then ended up 
Oh, he got home before me. So check this out. <laughs> so the brownstone has these beautiful, like, parquet floors, the real ones, not like the little bullshit floors, you know, <laughs> but the real, the real original. Oh, they're gorgeous, okay? So when I open the door, it's like a double door to the apartment, I open the door, and there was a rope tied around the door handle, and the other part of the rope was nailed into the parquet floor, the original floor okay. from like 18-something. I'm like, what the fuck is this rope doing? Yes. The fool then got home. He was drunk, mad that I wasn't home, and tied a rope. But see, he thought the door would catch, but the door opened in. You know? <laughs> so, so he would have had to have tied it on the other side, but the door opened in, and he's standing in there waiting for me to be, like, locked out of the door. And we just burst out laughing, because I instantly knew what he had tried to do <laughs> to lock to- me <laughs> to lock me out. But the door just opened in. Oh my god, that's Can hysterical. Yeah, no, that's laughed. so funny. And then you know what I did? I pointed <laughs> the floor. You're gonna pay for this damn floor. Oh, you paying for this floor. I don't care how mad you were. <laughs> and he was a big muscly guy too. I mean, so you know, he thought everybody else was scared of him, not me though. <laughs> yeah, we had good times. Good times. He tried to lock me out. <laughs> oh my god. That's hysterical. Yeah. Well, I wanted to read this email because she has she wrote us a couple weeks ago. Denetrius is her name, and she says, You and Paul are so good together. You both are hilarious. Each episode just gets better and better. Sarah and Paul, when you guys get together, it's like having your best friends over for wine and dish to dish. Love you guys. You guys inspire me. Keep going. You have a fan for life. So I've been meaning to give her a oh, shout out. I love that. Isn't that sweet? Yes, Denetrius. Oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. And that's really why we're here, you know. I hate to be the kind of person that's like, as long as it's good, I'm here. But because I can go through the good times and the bad times. But I'm here because you and I have an amazing opportunity to grow a brand and our friendship. Yes. And it is so much. I'm counting it all joy because I'm loving pretty much every moment of. (laughs) Which ones do you not love? Well, you know, the, the thing about it is you get emails like that. And then you get, you know, oh, you get we the have al- to talk about our social well, media. You get the alternative. And you and I had this conversation the other day because a, a listener um, tweeted, you know, is Paul Wharton going to be your permanent co-host? And uh, because he seems to overpower you, uh, you know, this is, you know, someone who and, and I was a little offended by it only because she tagged me. Like, I'm like, send it, just send it to her. <laughs> Why are you tagging me trying to fuck up my day? Because people love to search it. I'm skipping on down the road. <laughs> skip to the Lula. Mine and my own business, and then I get this notification, pull over, you know, I had my sunglasses on, had a good song playing, and she's talking about he overpowered you, and I thought, well, that's, first of all, it's something I'd never want to do. I call myself a feminist. I feel like I am. Yeah. I respect you greatly. I love hearing your point of view, um, and I think that there's a flow to this thing, but I would never, ever want anyone to feel, especially you, to feel that I am overpowering you on this podcast. I know. And I, yeah. and, and you know what? And we can talk about, too, like what I responded because I wanted the response to be tongue in cheek, but I also <laughs> always want to have your back. And that's the thing. And a lot of people have asked me, are you the permanent co host? And I, yes. I mean, you really are. You know, the thing is, a couple months ago when we knew that Sammy was leaving, you know, you and I had talked and you were getting ready to launch your own podcast, which you'll probably mm-hmm. do in the future. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
so it was kind of like, well, we'll see. You know, you and I have always had great chemistry. You had great chemistry with Sammy. The whole thing really clicked. Um, but we just didn't know what it was going to be. And mm-hmm. I wanted to launch and have on other listeners and other guests and all that stuff. So we did that. And... I think the thing that people don't realize behind the scenes is it's very hard, and especially now that we're doing the podcast once a week, to get in a flow with somebody. Mm -hmm. So when you have... Everybody that's co-hosted, I've, I've gotten tremendous feedback. There was one guy, the uh, the political Republican guy that everyone hated, but mm-hmm. minus, <laughs> minus the comedian. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but Tim sort of is polarizing. Like that's mm-hmm. what he does, right? Mm-hmm. So you know when you're doing this, like it's hard to get in a flow with someone. And naturally, when you have great chemistry, whether it's a radio show, TV show, you want to grow that and make it work because Absolutely. it's very, very hard to get mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So we really already have that built in, which is fantastic. Um, and so it's not that we're not going to have other guests or listeners on and come co-host a segment and come, you know, we want to go interview people. Absolutely. This is like an inclusive show. You know, that's what the live shows are all about. We love interacting with the audience. Sure. But I think on the day to day, you and I have such a great rapport and you like Dan always says this to me when he listens to you on this podcast and he's like, Paul is so polished. Like, you're so, you know, there's no kind of, like, a lot of times when people sit in that chair, it's very hard for them to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. But the fact, like, last week when you shared, you know, your life, it usually takes people, like, years to do that. And, again, you and I have been in in broadcasting four years. So, of course, I mean, it it makes sense. But, um, no, I mean, I never feel like, I never feel like you're taking over or running amok. And I think sometimes people (laughs) are very sensitive to that. Because, you know, I went through the whole thing with Sammy about, him wanting 50% of everything Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know and I think with the podcast like we talked about I love having the podcast I feel like I did start this idea on my own but I am not opposed to having a show that's Sarah and Paul Paul and Sarah Mm -hmm. in the future I want us to grow our brand and I want you to be a part of it and you know, you bring amazing things to the table. So, yes. well, you know, I it's all that. good. So, I just wanted to acknowledge that because I don't want to do like a Trump where he only like retweets the good stuff and he only talks about. See, the you're good funny. Stuff. I only now retweet the good stuff. I'm like, fuck the hate. I don't have time. Well, no, like, I wouldn't engage. retweet the negativity. But it, and not that her feedback was oh so negative, and I can certainly take it. It's certainly not that. But I just didn't feel. Well, I just don't think it's true. Exactly. I mean, I engage with some people like, uh, you know, when we're having race topics. Yeah. Like people always, uh, I am the first one to always admit on this show, and it's so true. And I, this is the only thing. I mean, we could go on and on. I could go on and on about the DC missing girl story because the story fires me up mm-hmm. for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Mostly because initially it was completely falsely reported. Okay. You know, but anyway. What you find out in life, and I think with stories and working in media, is there's so always so to get to the bottom of a story is just it takes so much freaking work. Mm-hmm. It takes so much time to get to the sure. bottom of it. Sure. So you know, I'm just like, I, I, yeah, I can't even. You know, you have to do your research. You have so to do your time. It's a good thing. Yes, we got we got a good thing going. We have a great thing and, going, and and you know, and that is what it is. And it's, as long as you and I are clear on that, hey. Let the tweets roll, baby. Let the tweets roll. And that's why I just don't even, like, I'll go back and forth with people about if they want to comment about race topics or if I say something. Because, yeah, I don't know everything. But I just, I don't care. Like, opinions are cheap. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, one day people like you. One day people hate you. They tune in because the show's too long. It's not long enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. we're putting it out here. We love you. We want you to be included in this Hey Fresh Paul Wharton party. But if you don't want to, it's okay, too. And that was my tweet back. 
Love for you to stay, but if you gotta go, baby, <laughs> you know, if you gotta Bye. go, you gotta go. You I'm gotta go, exactly. Yeah. And we like love what's happening. It's amazing. That's it. And then um, you were saying, I, and I always want to feel like I have your back because mm-hmm. I wrote her back, and I was like, oh, I'll keep Paul in check. You know, thanks so much for your feedback. But I never want you to feel like I, I don't have your back because I feel like I've been, I've worked in those job environments where people don't. Right. Have you it, seen the movie Get Out? No. You are a white woman. You cannot say you got no black man in check. Okay. <laughs> So, you know, me and you, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, listeners. She got a text from me. I'm on the phone right now. Can you talk in five minutes? Because me and you got to have a little talk about this. I always want to have your back. You ain't going to no tea around me. Uh-uh. You watch the movie. You'll know what I'm talking about. Oh, now I got to watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That little spoon. No, I've got to I'm watch not it. going to the sunken place, Sarah. I love you, but I won't go to the sunken place. <laughs> um, anyhow, those were the updates. All right, a couple of stories I want to talk about. This actually is hysterical. Did you see the woman that's on Tinder that put out there that she was asking guys to give her $5 and she'd give them something in return and like people sent her thousands of dollars? This is fucking great. Did you okay. read that one? No. Okay, this is hysterical. I don't even know. I, I might not have put it on the prep till like later. But anyway, um, there's a woman who went on, twin, on Tinder and for her Tinder profile, she is essentially put on there that she was like, send me $5. That was okay. it. She got all these messages from guys and they were like, all right, if I send you $5, what will happen? And she, was, she would just respond, just wait and see. Just wait and see. So all these guys PayPal'd her $5 and her Venmo and she basically was like, oh, you're stupid. I'm taking your $5. How That's much what did happened. she make? Thousands of dollars. So what's the problem with I that? I mean, did they see, did they get a total for her? Yeah, look up. I, okay, because this story just came out a couple days ago, so I don't know if they've actually. I mean, but what she is the said problem? she was inundated. That's not. Does it shock you that men are that dumb? Huh. Well, I mean, you know, I just went on um, on demand the other day looking up. I actually looked for MTV Catfish. Can you believe that? You did? I love watching that show because I can't like I like trying to figure out if it's a trick on the Catfish production. Or if people are still getting catfish. People want to believe there's something there that is just not there. Right. You know? Like, right. oh, my God, this super hot person, they like me, they met me over, you know, online, and whatever I'm showing, they want to be a part of. And, you know, I was actually catfished before. You were? Like, yes. I'm trying to, okay, I, I have to, well, I don't know, what's totally, wait, catfishing is when you never actually meet the person, right? Well, and then you don't meet the person, and yeah, and they, they led on to, led, led you to believe, lead you to believe that there's someone that they're not, like someone hot or successful or... Okay, right. You know, and then they want to, they fall in love with you, and then you have this life in your head, and then, you know, right before they get on the plane to come visit you, they right. leave their credit card at home, and they're at the airport, and you're six hours away from having it happily ever after, and you send them $3,000 or something like that. Right. Now, that didn't happen to me, because I'm not sending you no money. So <laughs> He's just, sending me money. I'm not sending you no money. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just feel like you and I need to go on Tinder and see if people will send us $5. I fucking love that. I thought that was brilliant. Just send me five dollars. See what happens. Yeah. She made like fifty-five dollars a day for a couple of days. Fifty-five dollars a day for a couple of days okay. of people. Oh, she had, you know, she had happy money. hour and <laughs> Starbucks and stuff. I'm not mad at her. <laughs> Let her keep a little fifty-five dollars. Well, because they banned her after a few days. Oh, they banned her after a few days. Oh, I think well, that's that should ridiculous. be legal. I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. Me too. Why is that different than having like a sugar daddy? I mean, I guess maybe you're not disclosing what you're going to get ahead of time. That's like online panhandling. panhandling. <laughs> but if I decide that I want to give somebody some money on the street, it's my prerogative. Yeah, exactly. They don't have to give me anything in return. 
Uh, yeah, why are they shutting her down? That seemed kind of yeah. ridiculous. Let the girl make her $5. So I want to hear the story of how you got catfish. Well, what had happened was, um, <laughs> it, was so, it was so crazy. It was on Facebook. This is a few years ago. Maybe like five years ago. or I don't know how many years. It was around the time DC Housewives was on, so like around 2010. Longer. So... Um, I was actually at Linda's house when I ended up talking to the guy, but basically it was this doctor, supposed doctor in um, California, super hot. Of course, they're oh, always super course, hot. Oh, of course, right. They're always super hot. But we had a few mutual friends on Facebook, and it started with him friend requesting me. I, you know, approved his friend request, and then he would send a message, oh, great shot, great picture, oh, how was your day, or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, oh, he's cute. So it started a conversation, and the conversation gets, you know, and they, they move so fast. It's like, oh, I'm coming that way. Oh, I'm up for a job at GW Hospital. I'm like, oh, well, that's where I live. <laughs> you <laughs> Come know what on, I mean? Stay with me. All of a sudden, you're in this relationship with this person like within a matter of days. Was it a 65-year-old woman? Honey, let me bound. tell you something. You sounded like his, you know, his voice would be like this, like Sven. Yeah, I'm a hot doctor from California. I so surf. And I, you actually talked to him on the phone? He called me. He I gave would, him my phone would, number. That's more than catfish usually. No, this happened once. Oh, okay. The phone okay. call. All those messages were like, you know, back and forth for a couple of weeks. I was at Linda Urkelichen's house from Housewives of D.C. We were in McLean. I get this, oh, my God, Linda, he's a doctor. He's wonderful. California, please. Um, and, and I actually was telling Michael all about it at the time because, you know, Michael Michael and my relationship was, you know, we would tell each other about. Michael's the, the hot Irish guy that Michael's you were going to end up. Yeah. We would tell each other about what was going on, who we were dating, and he saw a couple of people over the course of the time, too, dated some of them kind of seriously. But he would never settle down with them because he loved me. But anyway, so the guy calls me. And I'm like, Linda, this is him. I'm going to go in the living room. I'm like, hello? <laughs> hello, Paul. <laughs> what? Um, yes. Paul, <laughs> uh, this is China. Uh, um, uh, sir, sir, ma'am, sir, what? You, who, 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 who is this? And how did you get my damn phone? How about stop calling my phone? Don't play on my phone. No, that's what. Ah, oh, is my voice not nice enough for you? Paul? <laughs> I'm sorry that I disappointed you. I didn't know that my voice would be an issue. I'm like motherfucker. I got catfish. I said this is not the same. This is not the voice of that person that I've been freaking having all these fantasies about at night. This cannot be, this is not the voice oh of the person God. I'm about to be with. No. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So did we ever find out what he really looked like? Was he, no, was I was like, you are old? catfishing me. You are lying. This is not the same person. I I know it. This is not the voice of that person. And like five and minutes later, said? his Facebook profile was taken down. He deleted it. <laughs> Yeah. That voice was amazing. Do you think he was just really old, or was he like... He was old. <laughs> was he like Sandy He was really old. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's what happened. So, um, I'm, you know, meeting me, me, me on the internet, like right now, if I showed you my... Um, Tinder profile? No, like oh. Instagram or whatever. Like in oh, the yeah. messages, there's like all these messages that are like, ooh, you're so hot. I want to take you out. I, I don't even respond. I'm, I'm scarred. 
Like, so you have to, if you want to see me, you got to see me in person somewhere. Oh my God. I love the messages. Those are great. I love getting on Tinder and then people (laughs) message you and you just fuck with them. And then I just write, like, I, uh, you know, obviously I have my real profile, but like guys will, you know, whatever. Why do you have a profile on Tinder? Well, we used to do a segment called Deep Thoughts from the Men on Tinder. Yes. So I still go on and like look for funny Tinder profiles. I actually think I I just had one. In there. Yes. Because he used to Tinder the guys. Right. Ty used to Tinder the guys. But that's kind of weird, though. <laughs> you know, that that was this guy, Ty Bentley, from our show, Sarah Tyne Mel. Yeah. For people who are just listening to this, we had this show on 107.3 for a little while. Um, but he would go on and try and find guy profiles. Okay. But then I would go on, and these guys would start, like, talking to me or whatever, and I would message them. And then, like, the third one, I'd be like, do you want me to show you my dick? <laughs> <laughs> No, I, your dick if you had one. Oh, my dick. Um, I always cut say or that. Uncut. No, I think it would be like I'd actually have. <laughs> it could be uncut. Does this exist? Because I always joke about this with Dan. I would actually have oh like God, just like a it. mini penis that grew okay. out of my leg. I think that can happen, right? Oh Can't God. you be born okay. with like a little mini penis? The hotness just went totally away. I'm so not interested in seeing what you got down there. Do you want to see my tiny dick on my no. leg? That's no. what I would do. Gross but it out. was it was great. It was like if you want to end a conversation with a straight man, like as a woman, you don't sure. disclose that you're transgender. You just start talking to them, and they're like, "You're so hot. I want to come on your face." And you're like, <laughs> "They say all that within the yeah, first couple oh, of minutes." Oh yeah, definitely. And you're like, "Okay, do you want me to whip my dick out now or later?" <laughs> and then they never respond. Do they never respond? I'm like, "Come on!" Oh, that come is too. Back. Funny. Oh my god, yeah. Well, I do. You know, I feel like I am part man. Like when you were saying the other day, because mm-hmm. hermaphrodite. Yeah, maybe like I'm hermaphrodite. Um. Well, no, I think I have a vagina, but I know I do have a but vagina. But you might have a dick up in there. It might be I inverted. I think I have an invert. I said to Dan, mm-hmm. when I die and they do an autopsy, I do think they'll find one testicle. Wow. Because I do. You know, I mean, I can be kind of uh, manly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess. So I had another, um, and, and we can talk about this or not, but I had another ex-boyfriend experience um, over the last week. So this guy that I dated. Yeah, tell me. Okay, I'll tell you guys. I'm not overpowering you, am I? No. Oh, my God. Please. Oh, my God. You can. You want it or not? <laughs> yes. We want it. We want overpowering. So, let me tell you guys about this this incident with this other ex that just came back around. This is going to really date me, but I was 24 years old. I was living in New York City, and I met this guy um, at a bar in the East Village. It was not the cock. It was the one right across the street. And then there were, then we we met there, and then we went across the street to the cock. <laughs> it was a bar. And then in the back, people would be jerking off and stuff. And then I would go back there and watch. I never participated because I to watch is like all I could do. Well, oh my God, yeah, no, I'm an exhibitionist too. If I saw that, it's like I always get upset. We can talk, we'll talk about this uh, story about the couple that were having sex in, mm-hmm. in the Roslyn Park over in Virginia. Yeah. That I never understand, like, you know, why don't people ever like get naked and do selfie selfie in front of me? Like, I would just sit there and watch. Hmm. Like, I, how come I never see any glory holes? I always want to run in, and oh I God. would just like, Did they have you know, those I'd, in the I'd like poke my fingers in. Do they have those? In the <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> okay. I don't See, I don't know if they do. See, gay men are always doing much cooler things. You know, I don't do any of that kind of stuff, but I know you there was really... this place called The Cock, and okay. I did go in once or twice. Yes, yeah, sorry. I was overpowering you, and I derailed you. You just go overpowered back. me. Go back. So anyway, to make a long story short about this guy, Carl, 
I probably shouldn't say his name. I say everybody's name. When these people start listening to this, it's going to be over for me. If I show up missing one day, look, if I show up missing. Oh, there's no way. You know there's a problem. Okay. So I meet Carl. We start dating. He's got some cash. I probably should have changed his name. But anyway, (laughs) it's too late. So, you know, he, he does really well, okay? He's from Switzerland. He was the city group guy at Switzerland, and his father left him a bunch of money. So Carl decides mm. that he's going to move. Uh, oh, no, he wasn't going to move. He was going to Paris for the summer because he had an apartment in Paris. Oh, my darling, you're leaving. So this is the night before he was leaving. So Carl had about 40 bottles of yellow label Blue Clico. I'm about to go into a very first world issue here. <laughs> like, you're going to be like, he had what? Like, Blue Clico is a kind of champagne, and yellow label is like the brute, the drier version, and then there's like a sweeter version called Demisec. Now this I is prefer truly first world. Oh my god, I, I prefer the brute, okay. but then I like the Demisec. I was a little twink then, you know. I like the little <laughs> sweet champagne, you know. So that night I went and grabbed a bottle of the Demisec, even though there was forty bo- bottles of the yellow label there. So I get the Demisec. I go to Carl's house, and we don't end up opening the champagne. Ooh, the next day he's okay. leaving for Paris for the whole summer, and my friend. Jemaja, who lives in New York, was going to meet me in Central Park. We were going to have a picnic so she could console me because my lover was leaving to go to Paris. Mm. So I'm packing a picnic basket because I was a real fashionable queen. Okay? I had a real picnic basket. Not like a little... I wasn't packing no plastic grocery bag. Okay, gotcha. It was the one with the glasses and the whole bit. The whole... All real. I had all that. So... Carl yells from his bedroom, go into the refrigerator and take whatever you want since I'm leaving for the summer. So I got some salami and some cheese and there's all kind of little, you know, some olives were in there. Yeah. So I'm looking and I see the bottle of Demisec that I bought and brought over the night before. So I grab the bottle of Demisec, I throw it in the picnic basket. Sure. I bid him adieu. Oh, my darling, I'll see you in Paris in three weeks. Oh, God, yes. Oh, I'll miss you. I'll count the days. We're heading to Central Park. He's on his way to the airport. My cell phone rings. Ling, ling, ling. Oh, it's him. Answer the phone. It's Carl. He's a little, how are you doing? Oh, I'm missing you terribly. Oh, you are? Oh, yes. One thing, darling, you owe me $40. What? Ah, uh, what? <laughs> you owe me $40. He said that I took the bottle, because I took a bottle of champagne from his house. Oh, I said, boy. but I bought the champagne. He said, no, but you brought it to my house as a gift. <gasps> and then you took it back. I said, because you were gone for the summer and you told me that take I could take anything I from the refrigerator. Yeah. And he says, yeah, but that was a gift. And so you owe me basically for the champagne. So Was that the end of Carl? Carl's over. <laughs> Fuck the yeah. picnic basket. Let's go to happy hour. Fuck this yeah. big ass basket. I gotta meet me a new man. I can't be walking around New York City with some big ass wooden picnic basket. Isn't Carl rich? Why does he care? So fast forward 15, 15 years later. Okay. To now, Carl is selling his New York apartment on Fifth Avenue and moving to Rome. So he messages me a couple days ago and says, I'm moving to Rome. Um, you know, come visit anytime you like. So I'm like, okay, well, wait. Oh, please. What does this mean? Yeah. Do I have to get my own hotel? So it's like 15 years later, do I address that issue that I'm obviously still holding on to in order for Carl and I just to be friends and for me to be able to take him up on this visit to Rome? Or do, you know, what if I get over there and he's like, you know, charging me for room and board? Oh, my 
my God, that's a great question. Well, he hasn't offered to play, pay for your plane ticket, right? Oh, so, I don't need him to do that. So yeah. you're going over. You've got to pay for yourself to get there. Did he offer, though, for you to stay there or no? He just basically said, come visit. I assume. See, I don't know. we got to have that conversation. Oh, my God. I don't he know. He could but be you mad at go- me. Because there was this one other thing. Okay. <laughs> How long do we have on this podcast? <laughs> Tons of time. There was this one other thing. Okay. I'll Ooh, tell you, and this might one. teeter into um, too much information, but let me try to get my mind right. You know what? Oh, we Why always don't we love just TMI. Well, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I think it's too much. You do? Well. Too overpowered. What? Did you have like some sort of crazy sex story that went wrong? No. Okay. No? Okay. So, okay. Well, I'll tell you. So, a few years, we decided to try to get our relationship going again. So Carl was after living... After the $40 this bottle. This is after. That was when I was 24. So maybe when I was about 33 or something, uh, Carl was living in L.A. So he lived in L.A., and then he had a place in uh, Palm Springs, okay, that he would go oh, to on the weekend. This sounds Rancho amazing. Mirage, I think, is the area that was in. So um, in L.A., he lived in West Hollywood. So I went out for my birthday, like my 33rd birthday. Mm. So I go out to L.A. We're having a fabulous time. He's got a great... Uh, time plan for me and all this kind of stuff. God, sounds amazing. So there was a group of guys, they did a spinoff show. Remember when there was Queer Eye for the Straight Guy? Yeah, guys? yeah, yeah. So when there was Queer Eye for the Straight Girl, do you remember that? Oh, briefly. It I only guess lasted we... one season, not even a full season. Okay, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went out there to be screen tested for that, and they actually offered me a job on that show, but the deal wasn't right and the money wasn't right, and so I ended up not... I thought I could, you know, get what I was asking for. And in the end, they said no. And then they cast some other guy. So I I had still stayed close with that group of guys that was on that show. So just so happens that as Carl took me out to dinner, there's this gay party um, on Tuesday nights called Beige. Okay. Okay. So it was in West Hollywood somewhere. They have the same party in New York City. So we're out, and I run into this group of guys from Queer Eye. Okay, that I had sure, screen tested with and I was supposed to be working with. Oh my God, this is great. It's my birthday. I'm in Hollywood. I feel fabulous. You know, me and Carl might mm-hmm. spark it back up. I still haven't addressed the $40 issue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a good, good nine years have passed. I still haven't quite gotten, you know, around You're not over that. it, but yeah. I'm not really over it. So the next day, we were going to Palm Springs to celebrate my birthday, you know, in Palm Springs. <sighs> to make a long story short, I'm not ready to go home. And I hope this is a lesson that I will learn for the future. When your person you're there with is ready to go home, carry your ass to the car and go to the house. So what happened? You decided to stay and you left him and he went home. He left me. I stayed. And he said, oh, I'll leave the door unlocked. Okay, honey. You know, all 10 minutes, like 10 o'clock at night. So you leave your significant, or could be again, significant other. They leave you at the party. I had just gotten to his house from flying from the East Coast. What's wrong with that? I went straight. Because my black ass didn't come home until 10 o'clock the next morning. So? But you guys weren't really back together, right? Yeah, but to stop at his house, drop my bags off, have him take me to an expensive dinner, run into some other people, send him home to prepare for our trip to Palm Springs while I go out. Oh, and then you I just ended never up at this house in Hollywood Hills. I ended up staying at this crazy party. And staying over there, and then got a ride from someone down the hill, and in like this dirty Porsche that was filled with. I just remember the cloud of cigarette smoke inside the Porsche. This guy was chain smoking cigarettes. So you think Carl may not have forgiven you for that? So you guys have these two things going on: the champagne, and then the party. Right. 
So there's some clearing that needs to happen because I rolled up to his house. Why don't you just call He's him? He's walking up with his yoga mat looking as fresh as like a spring breeze. I open the door. A puff of smoke comes out of this Porsche. This dirty. I'd come out smelling like last night and cigarette smoke, and I go in, and then he's, like, completely disgusted. He just shows me my way right to the shower. And then I, like, have to have a nap because I'm hungover. And then he finally wakes me up and says, we got to get on the road to Palm Springs. And this whole thing, so the weekend was just ruined. And then I was, a, I was paranoid when I got to Palm Springs because I thought a coyote was going to get me. <laughs> because the pool was too far from the house to me. And it was dark, and and it was the you know those yeah you're out there in the stuff. desert yeah, I and mean, it's just like yeah this desert coyote could come out of nowhere anyway. And I wouldn't have enough time to run from the house to the, sure. from the pool to the house. Yeah, there could be a rabbit. You have no idea. A snake. A snake. What about yeah. a rattlesnake could could have got me. So I think because I was so hungover and everything, it added to my issues. And he and I never could recover. You need to have a, com- a conversation before you go to Rome. You don't want to get all the way over there and then still have these issues coming up. Don't That's you think kind of you lot, need huh? to like yeah clear that in email? And I would title it forty dollars. Send him the link to this podcast. <laughs> send him to the link to this. Call yeah. me if you want to. Just Call me if you want to. I don't know. What? Just Venmo him forty. Yeah, Venmo him forty dollars exactly. and be like, Carl, I'm on the way. Okay, I'm adding that link to give me five dollars on my Instagram later. Maybe I'll. The truth. Maybe people bucks. will fund the $40 so you and Carl <laughs> can reconcile. <laughs> Speaking of dysfunctional yeah. relationships, yeah. I wanted to hear your thoughts on the Huma Abedin and Anthony yes. Weiner. This conversation has been going on for a couple days now, and reportedly for the fourth time, Huma Abedin is trying to reconcile and get back with Anthony Weiner. You think she's crazy, or you think you never really can judge someone's marriage? I think it's completely her decision, and I think she's in the public eye. Um, not necessarily as an actress or a spicy celebrity, but as a political figure. And and as far as I know, he was only sexting, right? Well, that's what the article basically says. It's an interesting New York Post article because it goes into a lot of detail. And it basically makes her sound very shallow, that she essentially is really into now the Hillary Clinton world, which is... According to this article, I know we have a lot of Hillary Clinton supporters, but that it's a very fake world, that, you know, um, she's now been, that she pretended that she was very shy and didn't really want camera attention, but the truth is that Huma did want that and now really loves being front and center at fashion shows and is invited everywhere. And so to keep the attention going, (laughs) she sort of likes the relationship that she has with Anthony because it always garners attention, whether it's good or bad. I don't think so. I think she'd you get disagree. more attention right now because she's she's being invited to these A-list events, and if she really wanted to spark out on her own right now, this would be a great time to do it. I think he pulls her down because everybody thinks he's kind of a loser. I think everybody does, too. I mean, I just don't understand. Some people are saying it's for that they won't have to testify against each other because remember how oh, Jesus. Anthony Weiner was dragged yeah. into the whole email thing with Hillary Clinton, which I thought was over. I didn't know that there was any like ongoing investigation or testifying. But well, I know they took his laptop and all that, but I, I feel like this is... Is just a simple case of um, a couple that's still in love and it's really their choice. It's their decision on how they want to run it. And how can she really come out to the public and say, this is okay with me? What if they have an open relationship, but it's just been that's what quiet I think this too. whole time? And he had to mess around and get caught. Nobody told him to get caught. I, yeah, go ahead. I think a lot of people are doing that. A lot of people are yeah, they're, I agree. They're sending text messages that are anywhere from mild flirtation to 
Yeah, you know, like, look at my, you know, what penis on my leg. What, what's the thing you just had? You know? Do you want me to show you my dick? Right. That's what I write. Exactly. Exactly. So I think a lot of people that are married that I know and that you know probably are doing that. My own relationship. Just, it's so they don't hard. Get caught. I was just talking to Irene. It was it's so hard. And don't you find this in relationships? It truly is. Isn't monogamy difficult? I have to check myself all the time. I'm at this See, hot I never bar know if you're tender. playing or if you're not. See, this really no, confuses I me. And I feel that. like I know you and you're my friend and I'm staring at you. And you see how I'm staring at you? I'm like trying to get to Wait, the Wait, you don't believe that I'm truly monogamous? No, no. I don't believe that you truly wouldn't be monogamous. I just think you're like, oh, oh she my just God. sat back in her I... chair and looked at me like, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> I seriously have to, I have to keep myself out of trouble. Yes. Really? Oh my God. All the time. So wherever. Whether mm-hmm. we're at Fox 5, we're out in an event. And I feel like when you are outgoing and you just smile and love life, like people are attracted to that, right? Absolutely. Not that it may work out or anything, mm-hmm. but I just feel like I meet people all the time and I'm like, oh my God, damn, I could have sex with him. Yeah. I'd like to be having sex with that right now. I have to like control myself. Yeah. And I tell Dan. I mean, I tell Dan all the time. So, okay. So <laughs> you tell him and how does he respond? Well, you better not. What does <laughs> yes, he say? Yes. Yeah. He's like, and I'd kick your ass to the curb. And I'm like, I know, I know. But I'm just saying. It's like I so was telling you, Irene. If, you could, if there was no way possible that you could get caught, would you? Oh, sure. I'd be having sex with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Thank you for the honesty. I really would. Yes. You have officially taken the power back in this podcast. <laughs> we just did a fist bump. You have officially taken oh your God. power back. Yeah. yeah. Don't you? Don't you? Like, is that? Well, I don't yeah, know. Maybe I, I didn't have enough. This is the oh. thing. This is the thing. I mean, I've had a few relationships in my day. And when I catch someone cheating, like I did the guy that I moved to New York for, um, caught him cheating. I'm done with you. Don't you don't live here. Don't move your stuff in. I didn't so, even unpack okay, my So okay, why did what? Just because you caught him, you just didn't like the idea. What? Well, I don't respect the fact that people let themselves get caught. I'm like, <laughs> you know, at least have the decency to not let your shit like get in in my life. Wait, did you ever feel guilty? Because that's my thing. Is like I even like like I was saying, I met this hot bartender like a couple weekends ago, and I was telling Dan, I was like, this guy found me on Instagram and was like, we should go have a drink, and I'm like, oh. I have to, mm-hmm. like, this is the point where I have to tell him I have a boyfriend, right? Like, I was asking right. Dan that, and he's like, yes, you have to tell him. I'm like, okay. Well, I feel like um, I can compartmentalize. I like, I'll be secret. committed to someone in that relationship, and the, the act of having a one-night stand or whatever, to me, I feel like I have that in check. I don't trust the other person that I'm seeing to have that in check on their end. And they can um, have it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God, I found this person. I fell in love. You what? You fell in love? <laughs> you know, you're supposed to love me. I don't care what you do when, as long as you don't get caught. But I, I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel. I don't want them to cheat on me, and I probably wouldn't cheat on anybody moving forward. So, <laughs> Or if I'm currently seeing you, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. <laughs> I, I'm talking about the past right now. <laughs> have you, have you like, because I would say, I mean, oh my God, almost every relationship I've had, I feel like at some point I did, I had some I've done borderline something. cheats. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I've done Thank something. Thank you. Each one it's of them. so yeah. hard. Yeah. Okay, good. I feel good. I'm so glad that you're on the same page. Yeah. Because most of the people I meet in my life, I feel like are serial monogamous. But when you meet the right one, and I mean, when you meet the... (laughs) I'm not going to... Wait, do you feel like that's true? Stop. I can't believe this. Okay, y'all should... This should be on video. There's a lot going on Well, we got to fire up the Facebook Live. Now, listen. When you meet the one 
Is there one that can give you all of that? See, I don't know. That's my question. I want to know that. Maybe you have that right now. Maybe you do. I feel like I really do. Like, I love Dan so much. But yeah. I feel like, isn't it just human nature to, like, I don't know. Or or do you meet that one person that completely satisfies everything? Because I don't know. I'm a, I'm a complicated person, I feel like. I don't know that I've ever really had that one person that said, no, I haven't. <laughs> No, I'm actually sure. I just went through in my head, yeah. No, I So this leads Mm -hmm. me to, if I'm having any sort of questioning, do you think I should have a baby? Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. I'm having crazy baby fever. First of all, put that shit away, take an Advil, and do what you got to do. Like, this is not... This is not the time to have the kid? No, honey. No. (laughs) Put that away for about four years. Did you... Have you had a biological clock ticking? Because I know a lot of gay men in my life who um, want to have children. Well, mine ticks for other reasons. Um, I don't know that it's for a kid. Like, it could be, like, to reach a certain benchmark in my life. You know what I mean? Like, I want to achieve this by this date. And that's kind of looming. So that's in my thought process. So in a way, it's my own biological clock. Like, I would feel happy if I... Like, the book is a big thing for me. To have that that's book a huge come out before my, my big birthday coming up, <laughs> you know, is like... <laughs> that was a big thing for me, you know? Yeah, that's and huge. And there's a few other things that I want to do. So a kid, I feel like, would be perfect. I don't know that I would really have a kid with someone else, though, because everybody I know breaks up. Really? Well, they're all broken up. I know. I agree. I feel like that's the other thing, too, in life, right? It's so hard to, like, I don't know, keep a relationship going. I feel like, for me, I'd be best suited having the kid myself. Okay. Figuring that out. And then bringing that other person into that kid's life, but not, like, sharing the adoption or whatever like that. I mean, to me, because everybody I know, and either, and don't make more money than them, because then you're paying them. Oh, I you know. know. Forget it. Yeah. Alimony agreement and all that kind of stuff. Hell no. And then you got to pay child support. And then I only have the kid. I got to keep a room for the kid, but I only have them half the time. It's like, <laughs> no. If you're living in my house, then I'm paying for you. You're staying you're paying, here. I'm paying one house, and you are staying there. <laughs> right. I'm not going to have no empty room. That thing will be on Airbnb in three seconds. <laughs> get, get, your, get your toys up. Get your toys up. Pick all that shit up. This room is not mine or yours for the next three days. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I've been having weird baby fever. I was talking about it yesterday. I, and, it, and I have never liked kids. I'm not a fan of babies. I, I don't really like small animals. I'm not a big animal fan. And I'm just like, all of a sudden, I really like love a baby. I'm like, so oh, my God. So what would you do right now with that kid? We're here at the Oh, DC I don't know. Improv. I would shit my pants. I yeah. don't even know. Yeah. Like I would. I mean, would the kid be sitting with yeah, Irene? Have Irene, we <laughs> have to watch the child. Wow. Which is kind of what I like, right? Actually, like, not, that's not a bad idea. That's what I want. Like, I want us to grow and have our own brand, so you could just bring the kid. Maybe I should. No, we are not much. having no, a we're kid. Not, we're no, having, we we can have two separate kids, yeah. but <laughs> you'll watch them both, Irene. <laughs> Irene, you better watch out, or we're going to take your life. Yeah, yeah, Irene. Look at the spoon I and the tea. No Look at the spoon and the teacup. <laughs> Spoon and teacup, reverse sunken place, watch our babies. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what's going on with me, but everybody was good yesterday. They were telling me, like, it'll either pass or you should just have the kid, but no. Mm-mm. I don't know if I'm feeling the kid for you right now, but it's me like neither. I said, it's a personal decision. I think you're going to first have to decide that you're not going to fuck anybody else. That might be first. <laughs> <laughs> Once we get over that hump... Then we'll talk about moving forward. Good point. Good point. <laughs> okay. Do you watch the show Shark Tank? I love it. 
I do too. Barbara Corcoran, I'm a big fan. Who's your fave? Do you like? Do you have any faves on I like, uh, Shark Tank? I like the Lori. Lori. What's oh, Lori Grenier. Grenier? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's like the Home Shopping Network queen yeah, or whatever? I need to hook up with her. I need her to sell some of my skincare products. Yes, you yeah, do. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, well, are first impressions really important for you? Because Barbara Corcoran just put out like her sort of advice to make a first impression. She feels like first oh. impressions are absolutely like vital in every business that you're I in. I think they. I think they are. Yeah. And I felt like if anybody had like a, um, I don't know, sort of advice for like a best first impression, it would be you. Mm. But she gives hers. What by does the she way, say? Uh, she says good posture is one of the key oh, things wow. for a first impression. Looking someone straight in the eye creates trust. Um, and she also. says says that you have to look the part. Do you believe that? Mm-hmm. Um, she says, you've got to look the part. If you say that you're going to build the biggest shrimp business in the world, which one entrepreneur on Shark Tank did, I remember looking at him and I was out immediately. And why? Because we're asking about the, his organizational skills and his company, where he works, uh, and how much time and everything that he's going to put into it. And he had a stained apron on that was wrinkled. And I'm thinking, he's on national TV with an unclean apron and he's telling me how organized he is? I don't think so. Mm. You think that's true? I think it is true. What else do you... And she, uh, she said posture, eye contact, and of course you have to look the part. I look at fingernails. Fingernails are okay for you for first impressions? Yeah, it surprises me how many men and sometimes women <laughs> um, have like dirt under their fingernails. Oh, mine are really I'm bad like, today. You've got to manage that situation. Never mind. Be honest. Oh, they're fine. Sort you of. could buff them up a little bit. <laughs> they're a little dull. They need a mani. I told you I'm saving money. That's how. Yeah, dirt under the fingernails is kind of a problem. Um, Smelling your something bad on you or your breath is kind of an issue for me. Like I'm just like, damn it! You know you smell it if I smell it. Oh God! Together, but that happens. That is gross. It's kind of gross, huh? Yeah. How many people do you really meet that have dirt under their nails as adults? More than we think. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't pay attention to nails. I'll look look. right at it and then I go right to the fist bump. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not shaking that hand. Mm -mm. You're not touching that? Nope. You need to put that thing in some hot water and some soap. What do you think about Tom Brady um, saying that he wants to play football? He's going to be turning 40 this year, but he is going to be playing football, he says, until he's about 48. You think that's possible? Well, i got to tell you something. There's always been someone at some point in time that has raised the bar. So, you know, he's talked about his eating life oh my with God. Giselle. His eating, is am- his eating life is so unbelievable. I actually want to subscribe to his food, um, TB12. Okay. Is he, he, has, he has, like, um, yeah, he's got his own, uh, you know how they have Blue Apron yeah. and Plated? So he has his own version coming out. Like, wow. you can eat, like, Tom Brady. Oh, and it's It's a $75 a week or whatever. You get three meals, and um, they're all, like, gluten-free, vegan, organic. So if the rest of the players are eating fat, I'm not saying they all are, but, you know, some of the bigger guys, you know, you've seen them just eat just, like, ravenous amounts of food and cheeseburgers and fried chicken and pies and soda and all that. If they're doing that and they can only play until they're 36, 37, 38, and he's living this whole other kind of lifestyle where he, does he drink? I doubt it. I doubt it. I bet bet not much. Right, exactly. Um, And he's living this totally healthy lifestyle, and he's at the top of his game. Why couldn't he go 10 years longer than the average person? I feel like he will. I think you're right. I think he will be the person that will raise the bar. Yeah. And he'll be playing. I just, I don't know. By the time you're 48, you must be seriously going to be crippled. Like, there's 70-year-olds that can't walk, and there's 90-year-olds that are bodybuilders. So, I mean, it's all about the way they've taken care of their body. Right? It, it is so true. I think, too, I mean, I'm sure you've probably read about his diet and regimen training. I don't think I, I can do it. I mean, could you eat, like, completely plant-based and vegan that whole time? 
I think the guy, he doesn't eat any fruit. I think he said something like well, there's he some fruit eats, he's eat, never um, even eaten. They eat protein, they eat fish, and I think she said she eats some kind of lean meats, just not red meat. Yeah, I think yeah. Giselle Bunchen does, yeah. 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 But they eat, like, he eats no fruit. Their kids eat fruit, but he doesn't. It's all vegetables, all Why, like. because of sugar? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that dedicated? That Can you imagine? super dedicated. I, I mean, hey, but it's working for him. That would be, uh, that would be. Wouldn't that be groundbreaking? If he plays until he's 46 years old, that would be groundbreaking. This is my lesbian moment. I really do enjoy football. (laughs) I think it's phenomenal. I just think that there are people that are doing all sorts of things um, longer and later in life, and I think it's great. Oh, I know. I think it's going to motivate a lot of people to go after their dreams and do their thing. He is unbelievable. That is like the dream couple I want to meet. we got to be hanging out with them. Can you make that happen? I met her before. You did? I met her. Giselle Bunchen is... People are going to be so sick of these damn stories, but... (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm older than everybody that listens, so they they don't know. I've had a lot of experiences. Oh, they'll tell... Well, don't worry. They'll tweet us. If they're tired of the stories, (laughs) we will hear. We love your feedback. (laughs) No, but Giselle came through um, Elite Model Look, okay? So when I was in New York, living in New York, you know, I was coaching models at like Wilhelmina and Elite, these new models. Oh my so God. there was this Elite Model Look competition. That's how Elite found their models. So they found Adriana Lima and all these other models. So one night, my friend Fred Howard oh. in New York, who is like, um, he's got a model PR agency, he works with Linda Evangelista and all these people now. He's amazing. But we were at this event. And we were there with Adriana Lena and Giselle, and we were teaching them this dance called the Booty Bounce. <laughs> so the two Brazilian girls were like, oh, the Booty Bounce, the Booty Bounce, the Booty Bounce, the Booty Bounce. And so we were just Booty Bouncing our asses off with Giselle and Adriana Lima. Oh, my God. Is is Giselle Bunchen as stunning in real life, or she's not as stunning in your oh, life? Oh, she's totally stunning. Yeah. Stunning. And she was a bit younger then, but I think she just looks even, I mean, just amazing now. She looks so amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, well, speaking of another sports story, although this is more human interest to me, and I want to know your thoughts. And I was going to say we could call our, our Real Housewives of Potomac friend Sharice, but I think Sharice and Robin are, like, fighting. But, no. Oh, they weren't. I thought they were like having some argument or something. Oh, Are no. we gonna, it's not going to be revealed. Oh no, you're right. Maybe it's it's Charisse and um, uh, who's she one? who's she fighting with? Wait a minute. Oh, Giselle. Oh, um, Giselle. Right, Giselle, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so backing up, HBO Real Sports, which is a show that I also I also like. Um, <laughs> They did a profile on Juan Dixon, who lives here in Maryland, who who coaches for UDC, the the women's basketball team here in the district, um, and was the former husband of Robin Dixon, who's now on Real Housewives of Potomac. So he has this story they start out talking about that Juan believed that both his parents died of AIDS when he was younger. He goes on to play basketball. His his older brother, who's like two years older, at like 10 years old, becomes the man of the household, has to work, get those boys to school, gets Juan into this private high school and plays basketball, then goes on to University of Maryland. They win a state championship. He goes on, plays like seven years in the NBA. All the while, they're thinking their parents have died from AIDS, right? This terrible story growing up in Baltimore. So then... Juan Dixon, there's a guy at home, he's watching Juan Dixon, and he's like, that's that my son. Like yeah. That mm-hmm. looks like me. Mm-hmm. I had an affair with Juan Dixon's mom when she was younger. That is my son. He goes seven years because he doesn't want people to think that he's capitalizing on Juan's fame or anything. He comes to the games. Comes to the games. Never says a word that this Love is my it. son. Then, like, at a cookout, like, through the, the grandmother, yeah. you know, through a friend of a friend. The grandmother told somebody, my grandson just won the championship. Right. And they said, who? She said, Juan Dixon. And then he told somebody else who told somebody else who told Robin who told Juan. 
I think your father is still alive. Calls the guy up. He's like, yeah, it's true. They meet about a year ago and start this relationship. But here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. So because Juan now has this relationship with his biological father who's come into his life, his brother is no longer speaking to him. Okay. And they didn't get into all the specifics, but it kind of sounds like, you know, the brother feels as though... I'm sure the brother must feel as though I've given up my whole life. I sacrificed for you. Then this dad comes in. And by the way, this man could have come into the picture seven years ago, eight years ago when these guys were in college and probably still needed the help and support, but doesn't. Yeah. And I want to know who you, how you would deal with this. This has to be, it's one of the craziest questions for me. Well, I think when the the father, the biological father, discovered that one was his son or or suspected that he was his son, Juan was already, like, hitting the big time. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, he was on his way to superstardom. He was a, a college star, right, at the right. time? Right, right. So I think he even felt then that that might be a little late, you know, a little past the time. But I think that this is a phenomenal story. I, I can't say what I would feel as the older brother. You know, he was feeling like he was in the father role, yes. which I respect and understand, but I feel that it's all about celebration in this particular case, especially if you think that your legacy to your kids is going to be, both of my parents died from AIDS, do you know? Right. And how could that happen to me? Like, what God is is looking down on me saying, this is supposed to be the way that your life turns out, and, and for that not to be the case, and for you to get the second chance at having a father, and I watched the, the real sports piece on, on him. Oh, man. I mean, it was amazing. It was like, I was like crying the Wasn't it time. something? Oh, my God. And to it see was... him and his father now shooting baskets and... And Juan is like the women's coach at UDC, and the father and the grandmother come and sit in the stands for all the games. So they weren't chasing after the money. Right. You know, That's and, a good and way the fame of the NBA, they're over at UDC, like cheering him on. That's a good way to look at I initially, when I saw this, I was like, oh my God, I don't think I could. I think I would have sided with my brother. Because I can empathize so much with the brother. I think the brother will come around. And I think it's, think it's so? the burden on the brother to come around. I don't think you should ask someone. Um, you That's should expect someone to turn their back on their father after having discovered that they have a father after all that time. I, don't, I think it's unfair. See, because that That's man is point. not the father of the brother. So he could have been feeling a certain kind of way about that, too. Yeah, and I mean, I think, too, they they do talk about it in the piece about asking the guy why, you know, does he have any regrets about not coming into Juan's life when he kind of initially knew when Juan was in college, and he says he does. I just, I could never keep that. I I can't keep the secret Didn't this happen on This Is Us? (laughs) Did I? This Is Us. Do you watch that show? No. Oh, my God. This happened on This Is Us. The father... Okay, well, it's a long story, but the black adopted son, who's now grown, has children. He's done very well. He discovers um, his father, who left him on the step of the fire department, um, he discovers who this man is much later in life, and then he brings the father into his life. Wow. Okay, with his kids and his wife and all of that. So... And, and they were all for the better of, you know, the, the, the kids knowing out. their grandfather. And, I mean, of course, I mean, just having that moment. We're all leaving here, right? I know. So, I mean, this is so, life is so short. And I Ugh. just think 
anytime you're given those kind of opportunities, and this is, of course, real life, and this is us as just a TV show, but so you're given the opportunity to have a second chance at that, I say, let's all celebrate that. That's so, actually, okay, you know what? I feel like I changed my stance. You're right. Yeah. And I have to tell you, now I feel like I'm, I'm going to be the one that like has a sad story, but I just found out this week that another classmate of mine died unexpectedly. What? He's like 33 years old, oh, like shit. someone that I went to high school with and dropped dead of what a heart attack happened? in Maine. Heart attack? Yes. In Maine at like 33 years old. What happened? He just was like going to work and just had a massive heart attack and what they couldn't resuscitate. Well, I hadn't, I hadn't seen them in probably five years. Like we all went to high school together and then we all kind of like stayed in touch for a while after college. And this kid was actually in my brother's class, but married um, a girl that I went, that was in my high school. Was he in good shape? I think he was in pretty good shape. Shit. Yeah. Not like, I mean, I wouldn't say he, like, worked out all the time mm-hmm. or anything. But I'd say, you know, he was maybe, you know, 25 pounds, 30 pounds overweight maybe. Okay. But for the most part, seemed to be in decent shape. And it just makes you, it, mm. like, I don't know, yesterday I was posting selfies and then I found that out. And I'm like, oh, I'm posting another fucking damn selfie. Who cares? Like, it's just, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I just, I'm, I, anytime I have a classmate die, because I don't know if you've lost a lot of people that you went to high school with, but mm-hmm. it just is like, uh, it just brings it into perspective when young people die. Yeah, I think we we're, one of these stories is about prom, and, and it made me think of one of my friends, um, well, we all went to prom together. Her name was Laura Burgess. Okay, so I took another girl to prom, and Laura Burgess was one of these white girls in school that had, like, long dreadlocks. She was, like, a total hippie. Oh, yes, 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 I know. I, she was yeah. a total hippie, and then she had a boyfriend. He was a white guy who had dreadlocks, too. They were so cool, and she was so loving and just so full of love, and she loved her some Paul, honey, and I love me some Laura. And we were, like, frickin' frack, and she had um, her mom... Uh, was a lesbian, and she was in a relationship with another woman. And I remember one day saying something to her in defense of someone calling me gay in front right. of her. I was like, oh, and uh, why would I be gay? And, uh, and, she's, and she just said so calmly, well, well, what's wrong with someone being gay? And I was like kind of caught off guard because I was so used to defending myself like, and right. throwing people like off. The, and she just said, well, well, what's wrong with that? And she says, well, my mother's gay, and we love my stepmom. And she just really broke it down to me. Wow. Coming from a peer, coming from someone that was also 16 years old, I'd never had that kind of conversation with anyone that was my age that saw things as um, as compassionate, from that level of yeah. compassion. Um, and I found out not long ago that she died in a motorcycle accident. Really? She had three uh, kids. Uh, she had three kids. And then I, my friend told me, I didn't know this, and then I looked online and I found it, and it was a motorcycle accident on, like, 95 um, several years ago, and they died on the scene. I just thought it was terrible. I just, I don't know, that, like, hit me. Like, whenever somebody from your childhood passes away, you're just like, oh, my God. It really does bring into perspective how short it is and how you just never know. Would you be okay? I mean, so if you think, like, live like you're dying, some people say, okay, or live like it's your last mm. day, um, do you ever feel like you're in a, do you feel like you kind of do that, or do you think that you're just kind of living like you're going to have uh, endless amounts of time to mm, I do think, what you want to do? I mean, I would like to say that I'm living like it's my last day, but no, I think I'm always living in the future, like I have mm-hmm. endless time. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing, I mean, I feel really happy, uh, I, I think the most important thing, and when somebody young 
that I know passes away. It always reminds me. The most important thing I think you can do for yourself is do meaningful work. Mm -hmm. You know, because the hardest thing is when I hear things like that, it's like, oh, you know, how many friends and people we talk to are in jobs or situations that they're not happy? And Mm -hmm. they hang in there and they hang in there. And I'm just so proud of myself that... I've never been that person, you know, in, yeah. in a situation from the outside that everybody thought was great, but internally wasn't good. You know, I take that fear head on and, and walk away from that. And I think that's the biggest thing you can do for yourself is there's so many people listening to this podcast and um, that come to our events and have supported me over the years. And they're, you know, they always say to me, oh, my God, I wish I could quit my job and start the business that I want. Or, you know, I went out and did these photographs with a great guy yesterday, this guy, Joff, who, you know, has an HR job, but his passion is photography. And he's doing everything possible to try and find his way to do that full time. And it's like, if I can post a photo and tag you in it and help you get a client, like, that's what I want it to be about. Because life is so short. It's like, I, I just hate that people stay in situations they don't want to. But I think, for me, being in the moment, you know, I really do try to tell people every day, like, I love them, or every single day I try to do something, whether it's, you know, sending somebody a note, giving, just, like, that they're loved and appreciated, because you just don't know. Yeah. I really right. do. Well, I appreciate you. Oh, my God. I love you so much. You are so in my life for a fabulous reason. Moment in time right now. This is a very positive experience for me. And I actually appreciate the people listening, too. I mean, just getting to know them, seeing them post on the Hey Frage page and seeing their tweets and interacting with them has been, um, it's been a very joyous experience for me. Just meeting the new people and seeing them at the live shows, I really, I just love it. I love sharing this part because this is the part I've shared with friends. Right. You know, but I go on the show on Fox 5 and on different shows that I've done, today show different things on a mission. If it's been a reality show, it's about following that format. If it's on Fox 5, I'm telling someone else's story or right. giving people tips. Um, even the book, this particular book, isn't about sharing my story. So this gives me an opportunity. It, it really, I keep saying it's like therapy because it, it's like the best therapy. Because hopefully <laughs> what we're saying is Help helping somebody, somebody else. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. And by the way, do you feel like you live in the moment? Do you feel like you're living in the moment or you feel like you've got endless time? Um, I feel like I have moments of um, living in the moment. And I feel like sometimes... Mm-hmm. I do... See, I think it's really important to rest. I'm from a family in Cleveland where all the women in the family, like, on Christmas Day, you would wake up and you would have, like, 60 gifts under the tree. And you would have three turkeys and four hams. And, I mean, these women will stay up for two and three nights at a time doing that kind of thing. And that's how the pe- women in my family were raised. And, of course, the men, like, get up and go to work and that kind of thing, and they just work on So for me, I'm kind of like, well, hold up. I need to take off a day. And sometimes if I feel that I want to take off a day, I will just take off a day. And I'll turn <laughs> my phone off. Yes. And, I, you know, I'll, like, rest myself, and I'll, like, do my clarisonic. I'll do some masks oh. and different things on my face. Yeah, but I will just it. chill out. So I do feel like sometimes I maybe... Um, I never want to regret doing that, but that's one thing I do is I kind of disconnect. That's great. Give myself a moment. Oh, my God. That's so important. 
I love mm-hmm. that. Oh my gosh, I feel like we're on such like a, um, you know, we're it's such a mindful moment. Should yeah. we do any more stories or should we call it good? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to do the story about the prom. I thought that was yeah. Really let's do the prom story and then um, I we can always leave on a funny note. Well, actually, there's there's so many good stories now that I want to talk what about. Else? Um, well, I also want to talk about the number one question that women ask their uh, gynos, and oh, I goodness. I don't know if this is true or not. Okay. Oh, not sorry, not their gynos. The number one question that um, women ask their wax. Salon. Um, oh, let's do that. Technician. Then we can talk about our event. <laughs> Are you sure you want to hear this? Yeah, sure. Okay, well, here's the number one thing. And I thought this story was so fascinating. I was like, there is no way this is real. Um, but the title of this article is called The Vagina Shame Nobody Talks About But Every Woman Experiences. And the number one question that women ask their waxing salon uh, specialist is, does is my vagina does my vagina look normal? Like is it does it look normal? Look and normal? I'm like, what? Yes. That women I didn't That's realize. Like saying, does my penis look normal? Penises are all different. Some <laughs> curve to the left, some curve to the right, some are straight ahead, some are short, some are long, some are fat, some are skinny, but they're all normal. So these vaginas that you speak of. Yes. Like <laughs> yes. I mean, I've I've been in and around one or two, but like I don't know that I would know that they look so different. Well, apparently women say that they get shamed by partners that if their vagina doesn't, like, look a certain way. Wait, have you had vagina shame? Really? I mean, oh. somebody's vagina. You have to come up here. They call your vagina ugly? Yeah. Oh. What? Who's called your vagina ugly? It looked tired. It needed a nap. <laughs> no, um, really? What happened? Yeah, the, this is a safe space. The first, Go ahead. The, the guy who took my virginity, who is... Nothing to speak about. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, mistake of mine. He was like, "Why does your vagina look like that?" And I was like, "What? Like how many what? had he seen? Fam? No. Apparently, he fucked so many girls. Yeah, whatever. He had. He was fat and pink. <laughs> like his body was pink. Is weird. Mm. Um, I was desperate. What? Oh. oh. <laughs> and um, very tiny. Okay. No, he was a tiny human. Not, he was not a tiny human. He had a tiny dick. But. <laughs> Okay, we've all um, And yeah, and he was like, why does it look like that? And I was like, like what? And he was like, oh, it's like, it's like out. And he was talking about like your labia, like menorah, and how some girls like have it like in, you know, and other people have it out. And so he had just never seen it like different, I guess. He, mm. Yeah. And so I was just like, I don't know. And this is like the first like. You know what he was doing? Trying to make he, you feel bad. Yeah, he was so trying to make you feel bad. <laughs> no, so you wouldn't focus on the fact that he had a little dick. So oh, that's oh, 100%. oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, and it, it, it as shitty as it was, and like as much as I didn't care about him, and you're right, I think you're 100% right, Paul. But he, uh, I mean, it definitely made me feel really weird and like self conscious, and like, so I didn't want to like be eaten out for a while. Oh my I God, didn't, I love yeah, you. Was, you're so bright. Wait, did, now have you ever asked your waxing technician if your vagina looked normal? No, because uh, uh, the first time I got waxed was like a couple years after that, and I was over it, and I was like, this guy's a fucking piece of shit. Um, but yeah, so like I've only been waxed once because I have like really sensitive skin that did not go well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I wasn't gonna ask her. Like she sees a billion a day. She doesn't know what normal is either. Oh, that's good. Okay, yeah, I was like blown away. That's amazing, Irene. Thank you, Irene. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> so people really, women really get vagina shamed. I had no idea. Yeah, women are very concerned that they've uh, they've been shamed by a partner, and so then they want to know from their waxing technician, hey, it, is mine sort of normal compared to whatever you everything else you say? Well, that's so interesting, and that's some burden that women should like let go and not take yeah. on like that. Because let me tell you about these little dick guys running around. Oh my god, I know. Well, they now this- running around. 
around with these little ass dicks, whipping, you know, whipping them out, taking their clothes off, and I'm just like. <laughs> That tiny thing. You must feel a certain kind of way about that. Like, oh. aren't you? Aren't you intimidated by this? I mean, I mean, aren't you like, you know, embarrassed by this? They have no shame. No. I don't think some men are. Yeah, I don't think they care, even though it's super tiny. Mm-hmm. That's embarrassing. Oh, my God. Anyway, that story blew me away. Um, by the way, you can always email us if you want to weigh in. We'll keep you anonymous. But have you ever been vagina shamed? I want to hear those stories. Sarah at HeyFrage.com. Paul's getting a Paul at HeyFrage.com um, sure. email address, too. i got to add that so you can CC us both. Um, but email. Or, you know, we have a phone number. You can always call and leave a message, by the way. And we'll play it back on the show. 207-613-6695. So leave us a message. Uh, We'll end the show on this prom story. What do you think about this? This is in uh, Ohio. uh, uh, Sorry, Illinois. Yeah. And essentially, it's a school. This is the 91st year they've had this tradition where the school does a lottery. The guys pick out a name of a, a, a girl in the high school to take to prom. That's how they do it. So nobody gets the chance to ask somebody out as, mm-hmm. as a prom date. You think this is ridiculous? This is kind of the first year it's getting a lot of attention because a lot of some of the women are going, hey, look, I want to go with another well, woman. So the guy asks, uh, the guy picks the name, and then yep. all the girls wait in the, in the gym. Right. And the men kind of do this skit. They do this bizarre like right. basically play or skit and then they reveal who which name they drew now the school says this has been a wonderful tradition where everybody's included it, it puts everybody on a level playing I like field that. i like that part of it no bullying and sometimes you're forced to go with somebody who might have treated you the wrong way but it's it's kind of like a fun event so it brings people together it brings people together so for that i like it I mean, just thinking from my perspective, any tradition that has to do with young people that's 91 years old is probably up to be looked at a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, let's tweak Maybe. it. Let's tweak it. But I do think that for a lot of people, um, their prom date is, you know, if, if you are a, a senior in high school, a junior in high school, and you're dating someone, you might want to take them to prom. Same point if you want to take a same-sex person. Yeah. And, or if you're dating somebody that doesn't go to your school. But I like the fact if they made it where this prom was about friends and bringing your friend to prom and then maybe later you got to have a date or something. Right. I mean, I like that everybody's included. That's what I like about it. But, you know, I think choice is important also. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's a little to date, but I agree with you. Like, I like the idea that everybody... But I don't know. I mean, was your high school inclusive? Like, I feel like... Mine was fairly inclusive in the sense. I, and I feel like by senior year, not a lot of people like went together. It was like everybody was just going to go. Yeah, I took a girl you know, from outside of the school. But my, I went to a really tiny high school, so I feel like mine can't really... I don't know. It's not the same. It's normal. Did he vagina shame you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I wonder. Maybe they did. Maybe my hoo-ha. I mean, I really want you guys to look at it, but then I feel like I'll be like that think CEO that where you guys will file sexual harassment. Oh, I'm going to take a God. mirror today and look. Oh, my God. Look I mean, Irene, look. She'll know. She'll, yeah, she'll Irene, you might have to check out my vagina and see if it looks normal. I love Irene. I mean, I've been hair shamed, but I don't care. Who wants? I mean, it's just so much, right? I mean, who wants to wax and grow? I mean, you do, right, Paul? You you like to stay on top of it. I know. Yeah, yeah Paul, you always look so groomed. Oh, but God, for the please. rest of us, please. I love you. I well, I go like four months. I I mean, I can't wait till like full pubic hair is back in. Oh right. Does Dan like it like that? <laughs> no, no, nobody does. Uh, he didn't no know why he does. does. 
right? That's why we're having a waxing party. And it's always the people like you that want to sleep with all the bartenders. It's like, you cannot be horny like that without you taking care of your situation. Why? I feel like, you know, I mean, I could just become the bearded lady of D.C. You could. <laughs> that could be like your thing. That could be your thing. Okay. Thank you. I'm not, I'm not mad at that. Um, so speaking of, we actually legitimately are having a waxing party at Waxing the City Alexandria, which is amazing. And you need to come. It's April 12th. There is free wine, free tasty food. We're doing giveaways. We'll give away a pair of tickets to the next live Hey Fresh podcast show. And if you book a waxing appointment, 50% all off all appointments, no matter what you get on April 12th coming in and saying that you're part of Paul Wharton Hey Fresh event. So I love it. Please join us. Paul and I will be there from 5 to 7.30 p.m. Um, you can you can see more. The Facebook invite is up, and, and Paul and I will be blasting that and sharing it. Um, I think we'll have some board games. Do you think that will be fun, too? I think maybe Heads Up. Ooh, what's Heads Up? That game, that Ellen game. Oh, yeah, let's up? play that. Yeah. I okay. love it. I love okay, it. Okay, let's play Heads Up. We're going to play some board games, so come out and uh, Waxing the City. It's going to be great. And I love their wax. Have you ever been waxed by them? No, I haven't. They have their own secret formula, and it's Ooh. actually the most pain-free wax. Honest to God, I had, I had a bikini wax, and I'm going to have a Brazilian the night of. Very cool. To really get rid of everything. Well, I'll look at the menu. Maybe I'll get something off that menu. You need to have something waxed. What I'll would have you have waxed? Something waxed. I'll, I'll think about it. I'll reveal that the night of the event. You want to find out when I'm going to have wax? come to the event. But also, May 12th. Get tickets May 12th. now. DCImprov.com, our next live show. It's going to sell out, so you better get those tickets. It's going to be unbelievable. And I think we'll have some good surprises up our sleeves. I think so, too. So, DCImprov.com and then Waxing the City in Alexandria on April 12th. All right, baby doll, do we have anything else? You know what? Just to say that how you going to love someone else if you can't love yourself, right? <laughs> Amen. Hey, Amen. Amen. <laughs> Bye, everybody. We'll Bye. be back next week. Bye. What's the phrase that you hear every day? Hey, phrase. What's the phrase that you hear every day? Hey, phrase. What's the phrase that you hear every day? Hey, phrase. What's the phrase that you hear? Tune in. Yeah, you got to tune in. Sarah Frazier on the mic because she about to be